Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go. Welcome, everybody, to episode 87 of the Greenlight Podcast, POC, e And after some technical difficulties, we made it. <laughs> John Martellis of Gen Z Hoops has joined us. John, what's good, man? Thanks for coming on. What's going on, guys? Excited to get started on this. Yeah, man, me too. And was this your first in – did you say your first in class in how long? My Tonight, first in about a year and a half. So I, I actually transferred to Baruch in January of 2020. Spent two months on campus, went all virtual. We, we were remote for three semesters, and then now I'm finally back. So today was actually, I think two days ago, was the deadline to get vaccinated. So if, as a student, if you're not vaccinated, you're not allowed in the school. So today was the first day we were actually able to come in and have school in person. So it's, it's, been, it's been a long time. Uh, how did class go? It, it, it went. I mean, there might have been some podcasting going on during the middle of it, some, uh, some, some, some editing going on, but class did class did go from 550 to 705 and now i'm here so nice man well listen uh there's a lot you 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 are a hustler we're going to kind of get into your whole story um but before we do that describe gen z in one word and then one sentence that's gen gen z or gen z hooks or like let's do let's do gen z because we're going to spend the rest of the time on hoops so what what one word on gen z and then one sentence describing gen z creative i'd say creative and the reason i would say creative is because we're generally create creativity kind of it kind of blends in the same breath as a communication because we're we're, like gary v says this a lot everyone kind of always talks about how we're always on our phones and we're antisocial we're, I didn't even fix the word. And let me change that word and go social. We're social. Um, we're a social generation. Everyone kind of thinks of us as being antisocial. Our faces are stuck in a computer. The reason our faces are stuck in a computer is because we're communicating with everyone. Like, right, all, all my friends that I'm friends with, I, for most of them, I didn't meet them until summer league. Um, I didn't meet, I haven't met, I ha- I've only met them two or three times in person because we became friends through Zoom or through LinkedIn or through Instagram or through Twitter. That's what's kind of crazy. We're a super social generation to where, all this interaction, maybe it's happening virtually. Maybe that breeds the in-person interaction for the most part, but we're not, our parents aren't used to that. Our parents weren't, you know, if you were, if you, if there was a power outage, you were at home and you couldn't talk to anybody yep. or let's say, let's say, let's say you were stuck in, let's say COVID happened, but let's go back 30 years. You're stuck at home and talking to anybody. During COVID, I made all my best friends that are you know, my friends now, all my Gen Z hoops friends, all my friends that are in basketball, they're all through the, through the internet. And obviously we've met in person and that's obviously much better than meeting virtually. But that's kind of where it all comes from. So I think we're incredibly social. Gen Z is an incredibly social generation, and no one gives us the credit for it because that's that's I mean that's what we're all about. Well, listen, man, we uh, we as millennials, I don't know if there's been a generation that has been shit on more than us. So just get used <laughs> to it, bro. This, I mean, we we canceled everything. We uh, we were the reason that everything went away. I mean, there is always an article uh, a week, every, every week, every month that somehow the millennials ruin something. So uh, get used to it, man. Yeah. Jen, and you're only in the beginning. Like you're going to have every single term of life. Like we ruined housing. Now every, now we're all buying houses and somehow we ruined that. So yeah, it's, it's only going to continue, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you, man. I've, I've coached kids um, 
for the last like six, seven years now, all, all Gen Zers, obviously. And, uh, especially New York city kids, man, social beings, man. They that's, I, I agree with you. I think that's a really good, really good description. Um, okay. So you're a rising senior at Baruch, um, NYC kid played bar, played ball at Xavier high school. You're a hustler, dude. Um, let's first talk about the coaching is, so you're helping out your, at your alma mater. You started freshman. Now you're a JV coach. How, what has that been like? It's been huge. So, I mean, kind of picking back me off that whole idea of being a hustler. That's kind of been something that's been instilling me from when I was way younger. Everyone kind of sees that and goes, oh, he must have been a thousand point scorer at Xavier. I actually got cut from the team my freshman, sophomore, and junior year before making it as a senior on varsity. So I've been cut from all three levels. All the levels that I'm coaching now, I've been cut from them. Uh, that's kind of a big part of my story. Uh, but right after my senior year, after making the team, I uh, didn't even play that much my senior year, but I, I was one of those guys that would come into film every day, even though I wasn't playing. Even though I knew I would get into the game, I would ask questions. Uh, just to be ready if in case my number did get called or just also just show that, okay, I'm making that extra effort. Um, at the end of the season, um, Coach Curley, who had been there for 20 years, retired. Um, and Coach McGrain had kind of been, he'd probe, been probing with some questions on, how would you, what, what, do you, what do you think about coaching? Like, what, you know, you're, oh, you're going to school at Stevens, which is right across, you know, it's 10 minutes away on the path train. Like, what are you thinking about next year? Um, so then when the following year came, I, I took the opportunity. I was super thankful for it. Um, I've been the freshman coach for the last three years really only two seasons, obviously because of COVID, we didn't have a season last year. Uh, so last year I was instead more of like the, I call, I call it the head spring league coach, head summer league coach. Cause I was the head of, I was the head coach kind of coaching game, gave me the reins and trusted me to take a team of freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors. It was all four, it was all four grades, all three levels uh, to a lower East side tournament. I played that. We played every single week. Um, it was really competitive. And the, the big thing about it was, we had freshmen playing with seniors, guys that would never play with each other under normal circumstances. We're now getting reps because we didn't, we never had the same roster. And that to me was new. I'm normally used to, okay, we have a 24 game season. We have our guys, you know, maybe something happens. One person's not around by the end of the season, but for the most part, we have our core and nothing's really going to change other than guys getting better. This time it was, okay, I'll have this five this time. Okay. Now I got to have this seven. Now I'll have seven. Now I'll have 12. But now I'll go back to having six and I got to, you know, subs were always changing. So sometimes we had five just because that's the way that's the way it went, it went down. Um, being that, you know, we tried to give everyone in the program a chance. We had about we have about 30, 35 guys in the program. We're trying to alternate guys in every week. So that was a challenge for me for, uh, for sure. But the first two years as a freshman had, uh, assistant coach were huge. I learned so much. I mean, my first year coaching, even go back before that, my senior year of high school varsity basketball, I didn't know what the bonus was. I tell the story a lot of times that people get shocked. Oh, no way. I'd never played. I was, I was, I got pretty athletic. I was, I was always, I always had a good size. Um, I, I was a track athlete before that. I played Goya Greek league basketball, nothing uh, crazy, but I didn't, I swear, I didn't know what the bonus was. I would get fouled or I would foul someone and I would do whatever the ref told me to do. If the ref said free throws, I would go shoot free throws. If the ref said ball out of bounds, I would take the ball out of bounds. It really, that, that's how I would go about it. And my senior year on the varsity level, it made, I was, you know, watching film for the first time. I was, you know, getting coached every single day for the first time in my life. That's kind of where it clicked. So then my, my, my freshman year of college when I was coaching for the first time, I learned so much in that first year. That was a crash course like no other. I really took, I'd always been on YouTube or, or on the internet looking up workouts, how to get better, player development stuff. But now I'm looking up strategy stuff. Right now, now I'm getting into that side of things, X's and O's and, and even more, more so, not even X's and O's stuff. I was really in, in get, like, thrilled with the idea of like how to communicate with people because that was my main role. Um, as the as an 18 year old assistant coach at the freshman level, when I, when I was helping out any other level, because right? I would I would try to help out with varsity JV when I could, I wasn't gonna go in there and give him a play. Like Coach McGrain, he's been there for 30 years, he's he's got that handled. But I would go and I I can pull a guy aside and I can talk to them. Like I I I'd like to think I've developed that skill like no one else can. I can get to their level. I'm 18, 19, 20. Now I'm 21. 
but still, right. I, I'm everyone else in the program is 40, 50, 60, 70. It's tough to have that same connection with them. So that's kind of what I pride myself in is being a communicator. Um, that's a skill that my freshman, sophomore, junior year of college, I really stressed. Uh, this year now, I got promoted to assistant coach of the JV team. Really excited about that. So I'll be going in there, right? Same kind of mindset. It's I'm coaching the sophomores that I didn't get to see as freshmen because they didn't have a freshman season. So I kind of coached them for a game or two here or there sparingly in the spring league. Uh, but now I actually get to meet them and, and, and really get to know them on the JV level, you know, day in and day out, which I'm excited about. I'll still be helping out at the freshman level. And what I'm really excited for, really hope this happens. We're not sure. The league has to say yes to it, is that we get a varsity B team. If that happens, oh man, I'll be I'll be doing jumping I'll, I'll be jumping up and down because I'll be the head varsity coach of uh, head varsity B coach. Um, they kind of looked they kind of came to me in June and said, well, they were, it was kind of an open discussion. which all the coaches talking. They said, oh, we want to do a varsity B team. How about the guys that you know didn't have a JV season, but we don't have a coach and we don't have gym time. And I said, coach, I'll be there at seven o'clock in the morning. And you have me number one, and I'll be there at seven o'clock in the morning. You have to worry about that. So I might be coaching two teams this year, one at 7 a.m., one at 4.30 in the afternoon. We'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully the league says okay to that and we you know, end up making it work with rentals and stuff like that. Uh, but that's where we're at now. That's where, you know, in terms of coaching, that's a big part of my life. That's something I'm really trying to get better at and uh, consistently improve on because that's my one direct way of being a role model. Sure, the show gets, you know, where people listen to it and that's the way to you know, influence people and, and, and kind of help grow that game. But nothing beats, you know, actual coaching and being on the sidelines. Support for the Greenlight Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code greenlight at manscaped.com. Listen, fellas, we've all been there. We've tried to trim down there using a million different things. Stop it. Go with Manscaped. It's the easiest one. Your balls will thank you. Again, 20% off, free shipping with the code greenlight at manscaped.com. Definitely. No, and, and I think uh... – I think for both of us, I mean, Paul and I, my extent of my coaching career has just been camps and, and I was like being a manager. Paul's obviously gone a lot further than that. I think both of us, I think getting into it, I think you learn, there's so many different things you're learning along the way, you're growing, you're experiencing. What for you, what do you think initially in these first kind of three years of, of, of coaching, what has surprised you the most? Uh, has it been harder than, than you thought um, it would be coming from a player or just looking at it from, from the outside? So one piece of advice I got from my show that's been, it's my, my first ever interview and it's been invaluable to me. It was Brandon Stein who told me not everyone's Kobe, not everyone's you. Uh, that's been huge to me because I always kind of thought everyone wants to work hard. Everyone wants to get to the next level. Everyone wants to be good. Uh, that's something that it's the harsh reality that not everyone has that same, not everyone has the same goals. Not everyone has the same ambitions. Not everyone has the same drive. Uh, that's something I, I didn't really think going into it. I was okay. Everyone's going to work hard. If they're not, I'm going to make them work hard. And you really can't do that. It's really a skill to know what buttons to push, who wants it, who doesn't. And, and, and how to get them to where they want, where they want to be. You can't want it more than they do. You can't want that end goal. You, you, you can't make that end goal for them. It's theirs. And they have, to, they have to realize what that is. You can help them do that, but that's all you can do is, is maybe guide them to what they already want. Yeah. You can't kind of manufacture that in thin air. So that's something that I really struggled with my first year. Even, to, even, even now, I still struggle with that. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I, I mean, I'm, I'm never going to say that I, I fully can accept that someone doesn't want to work super hard. In my mind, right, everyone should want that. Uh, so it's something I'm definitely consistently working on every day, but that's definitely a huge thing in terms of like understanding that 
everyone's really, you really can't approach everyone the same way. And that's something as a communicator, that's the biggest thing. All right, let's get back to the hustle. Um, I mean, you're 21 and you already have a resume of like a 40 year old. So you're a production associate at MSG. You launched Gen Z hoops in the last year or so. Uh, you started Baruch's first ever sports business club all while coaching high school hoops. So first question, how many cups of coffee do you drink a day? And then second actual question, talk to us about this MSG gig. Like what does that entail? Definitely. So I, I actually don't drink coffee. I've never liked and coffee. And I knew you were going to say I, some I, shit that, like I knew, that. I just, I just knew that was coming too. That's why I asked. Like, this is like, this is natural, real fucking energy. I, I, you can tell. You can tell. Thank you. I, I, it's never, I, I never liked it. I don't know. I, I'll go on like, with someone be like, oh, you want to meet for coffee? Like, that's, whether it's a girl, whether it's a, a networking thing. And I'll always just go and like order like, I don't know, like a, like a, like a bakery. Like chocolate or some shit. Yeah. yeah like a, like a, I just don't like, I'll, maybe I'll have it once and like, I'll have them help me order it. And I don't know. It, it always gets messy. So never been a big coffee guy, but in terms of MSG, I mean, that's a great question. Cause I honestly don't know. I start October 4th and I don't oh, really wow. understand completely what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really, really excited for it. Um, it's been a huge honor to, to I've just uh, in any way associate myself with the Knicks and the team I've grown up watching my entire life. Uh, I think I put it on my LinkedIn as, as August because I wanted to be on there, like incoming, like I'm going to be there. So I, I really just can't wait. Uh, but I, that, that um, whole process was, was crazy. I mean, I started the sports business club, just having um, our, that one of the um, re re recruiters from MSG come and speak to our club every single week. Um, she was bringing in student associates, Cindy, she was, she was awesome. And then obviously everyone from my club applied. I applied. Um, I was a couple of interview processes. At first, I was going to do the Jumbotron, which that would have been an easy one to explain to you. Like, oh, I'll be editing the videos that go on the Jumbotron. That's pretty easy. Uh, this one is a productions associate for like MSG. I'm not entirely sure. I'm excited for the first day because I'll probably figure it out. But the, the job description was pretty broad. Like you can even tell from the my LinkedIn. It's kind of like doesn't really make much sense as to what I'm doing. The, the Jumbotron would have made total sense. But this one, this one with MSG Networks, I'm actually really hopeful for because it, 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 it might not be as easy to explain to people. But I think I'll be doing a lot more hands-on stuff with MSG networks by touching everything, not just, not just the Knicks, right. Even though it's what I love, yeah. um, I'll be doing mostly the Knicks, but maybe I'll touch some Rangers, which is cool. I'll learn a little bit about that. Uh, maybe some MSG entertainment stuff like MSG, right. Everyone only, only thinks, I mean, especially me, right. I only think of the Knicks. They do radio cities. Like they do stuff all over New York city. So when it comes to networking, I'll be able to grow that, you know, much further than I would if I was just pigeonholed it with, let's say I was doing the, the jumbotron job. I would have been in an office doing the videos. Sure. That would have been cool that, you know, I would have done the video of RJ Barrett dunking that starts off the big, you know, when lights go black and stuff. That would have been cool uh, to know I was responsible for that. Uh, but instead I'll be figuring out what I'm doing with MSG networks. I'm, I'll be in a production truck. I think I think that's part of it. Like I'll be, I'll be on the move, which is cool. Um, and try when the big thing is like trying to ju uh, juggle that with that's, that's kind of, I might need some coffee after that at this point with that Xavier, uh, Baruch, uh, coach. Yeah. I mean, there's just, I, I'm kind of losing track, but I'll, I'll have to figure that out. And in two weeks, I'll let you know if I can still kind of keep this energy without coffee. That's awesome. No. And, and obviously uh, the passion's there, the drives there, what, and, and I think probably from I mean, the things that we've run down already with you thing that you just absolutely start from scratch is, is Gen Z hoops. And what, what was kind of the motivation to, to launch Gen Z hoops? Was it, uh, do you eventually want to be in the media world? Do you want, is that uh, just a, a passion? What, what is, uh, what has kind of been the, um, the, 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 the beginning to, to Gen Z hoops? Oh, I, I love this one uh, because it's, I mean, I'll, I'll answer that last part first, because in terms of like what I want to do, my, my goal has always been to be in the front office. 
media has kind of been a vehicle to that. But honestly, the last few weeks, months, as I keep on doing this, I'm starting to like it a little bit more. So honestly, that that's part, it's a little incomplete, but front office has always been my goal for, for years now. And, and just, you know, being a decision maker and being behind a team and, you know, seeing that come to life has always been really cool to me. That whole idea. I'm trying to touch everything, whether it's, I mean, I got my referee license a couple of months ago, um, obviously coaching, player development stuff and in that category video that could be you know video coordinator roles and then obviously management stuff that's what i'm going to school for so like there i'm trying to just touch every aspect of the game so that when it comes time when i'm 23 24 and i'm hitting the job market or i'm or I'm, I'm in line for jobs i can do everything uh, kind of in, in that sense instead of just always only doing one thing uh, when it comes to gen z hoops i actually started the show as big fellas basketball back in june of last year uh, the goal was to like I, I, everyone I, I struggle with this i wanted to start it from march the moment COVID happened everyone was starting podcasts and my best friend in college he had had a show from when he was 16. so my friend jesse he was a huge inspiration to me because he had had mark cuban on his show and jack dorsey from twitter like all these huge guests and the way he did it was he was 16. he'd reach out to them and he kind of ages age is a weapon in that sense age is a huge tool he'd yeah. say hey i'm a 16 year old i started this podcast would love to have you on now that's the thing. Like everyone kind of looks at that as like, oh, why would why is that special? He's offering something, number one, which is a huge part. Of, that's something that we can, no one understands. No one wants to just hear, can I get a job? That's what everyone asks people. No one wants to answer that question. I mean, like I, people will reach out to me and say, hey, can you connect me? Can you do this? Can you do that? Those are always asks. No one likes to answer those. Uh, when it's, hey, I'd like to invite you on my show. Look, maybe someone does. I mean, look, Jack Dorsey, Mark Cuban, those guys are all multi-billionaires. Maybe they don't have the time, uh, but they'll make time because they, number one, they have the luxury of making time, but they also want to help out someone coming up. Uh, so my friend, Jesse, he had started his show from years before, and he'd always told me, you know, you should start a podcast. We went to a Bucks nets game, obviously me being a huge diehard Giannis fan, you know, kind of being, being I've been to every single game he's been to uh, in New York since he's, since his rookie year. Uh, but, but all the players were coming out and everyone was freaking out. Chris Middleton, all these guys, Mike Budenoser comes out. No one says a word. And I look at Jesse and I, and I said, wouldn't it be really cool if I went up to him? This is my freshman year of college. And I said, Hey coach, Bruno, I love that ATO you ran in the second quarter, you know, would loved it, this, this, that. And he offered me a job. And Jesse said, or you could just have them on your podcast. Hmm. And I'm like, that's just like, that's just, that's just, it's so simple. It's like, it's crazy. So I actually tried to start, this was back in 2019. I tried starting a show. Didn't, didn't work out. You know, I was, I'm going to do, I'm going to do it. Never worked out. So in June of 2020, I set a hard goal of, okay, my birthday's on June 21st. By June 20th, as a 19 year old, I'm launching this thing, no matter what, if I have to post an episode of me, just you know, saying random stuff, I'm doing it. Cause June 20th, no matter what an episode is getting posted, I'm launching a podcast. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what happened. I started uh, Big Fellas Basketball. Another thing that Jesse did that also kind of helped was he did the Making Lemonade Fund, which is another uh, pretty, that's a pretty meaningful part of my resume because that's the one like really impactful thing I did for like, you know, just like the world or like, you know, people like actually helping people where it was a volunteer effort during COVID-19 where we start in eight, from April to May, we raised hundred K um, all through college students, all through Gen Z. Um, it was about 500 college students from around the country, 50 schools. Um, we raised hundred K just all through, I was running two K tournaments, you know, making money that way. Like we had a prize and half the money went to the, the fund we did. Uh, we've running on lemonade. Like I, I ran 21 miles to, to help the cause and people like, right. Uh, put money up. Um, so for in that, in, in that making lemonade thing, all these kids were 20, 21, 22, and they all had their own business. They all had their own sports business club. That's kind of also how why, why sports business club came into play, but they all had their own thing. And I thought to myself, why don't I have that? It actually took me, it still took me all of April, all of May, all of June to really get going. Uh, but once I did, I didn't look back. I started the show. It was kind of slow at first where I was having my buddies on. I was having my, I had my players on for one episode. They loved that. Uh, and it was really slow. But then I realized in August, I'm either going all in or all out. I, did, I think I did eight episodes in like two months, which I do that in a week, in almost a week, in a, in a week now. Um, but at the time I did eight episodes in two months. And I was like, you know what? 
this isn't going too well. Like people are, you know, people, the people making fun of the name, you go to parties and the girl's like, oh, you podcast? Like, that's not, that's lame. Like, you know, and you get, you're kind of hearing that outside noise. Um, then I realized, you know what, if I go on LinkedIn and I send a thousand messages a day and I hit up everyone, I go through every single team and send all these messages out. Someone's going to say yes. Uh, the first person to say yes off of that was Coleman Ayers, who was a 21 year old YouTube trainer. I'm actually going to be visiting him in two weeks in Miami for a conference he's doing. Uh, but Coleman was someone that, I mean, he has a couple hundred thousand subscribers, but to me, he was, a, he was always like a mega celebrity, even when he had like 10,000, which is when I found him back in my senior year of high school. He was a year older than me. Uh, he was 18, starting a YouTube channel. And I loved his content. He was just so good. I thought he was a great trainer. Um, and none of my friends knew who he was. You, I mean, you, I mean anyone, you, you go into his, I mean, no one knows who he is. I, I tell people this story now and everyone's like, okay, some guy named Coleman. To me, he was a mega celebrity. So when he said, I'll come on your show and he gave me his phone number, I was like, yeah, hit me up. I'll come on whenever. I was like, okay, I can get anybody now. Like, just give me, give me, give me anybody. Give me anyone to come on my show now. So I kind of set it off to where that's where Howard Beck came in. And Tommy Shepard was, you know, Tommy Shepard was a cold email. And he just said, yes. He said, how's tomorrow at 11? I said, I'll be there. And that was it. Um, like stuff like that just kind of just kept on going and going and going to where I really got some momentum Went from one episode a week, not even by uh, by monthly from by monthly to one episode a week to two to three to then seven with Gen Z hoops. That was kind of the transition was I had Drew Hanlon on who I'm also going to be meeting at that same conference in Miami. I had him on December 28th, episode 50. And like a week before that, I'm like, okay, episode 50, December 28th. I'm like, I got to do something different. Like that's like, that's two part the calendar is just telling me, giving me a sign. So I, I switched it all from Big Fellas Basketball, which is a little bit more in person, uh, kind of a little bit more fun, a little bit more lighthearted to Gen Z Hoops where you know, I'm in the suit, all professional, that whole, that whole vibe, you know, that, that, that whole, that's kind of what I wanted to, the persona I wanted to give off. So from that point out, I'm one episode, uh, I'm sorry, one episode a day um, to now we're at 260, today is 264, I believe. Yeah, 264 of, of Gen Z Hoops. A uh, plus 50 of big fellas basketball. So at 314 overall, I always have to throw that in there because everyone always thinks it's uh it's just the Gen Z number. And those 50 meant a lot to me of big fellas. Um, but I start, I put up a job posting on LinkedIn, heard back from some incredible people. Like I, I thought I'd be getting a bunch of like high school seniors that would be like, Oh, I can edit your videos for you. Oh, I can do this. And it was this one girl, Ananya, who was working with the warriors as a statistician. Now she works for Google, like two months later, she got a job at Google. She's an absolute beast. Uh, my friend Chris from Harvard, um, who's a sophomore there, and he, he covers the 76ers. And then my friend Nemo, who actually is like my best friend in the basketball world now. We just started two-way together. Um, he's a graduate assistant at Columbia, works at the G League, like absolute beast. Like I was meeting people like that were, like, like I said, like all my best friends were coming from the internet. It's kind of crazy. But the re thing that held us together was my friends in high school, like, they'll come and go. Like what, kept, what made me friends with those people was, and I'm sorry if they're listening. Like, I mean, I, I'd love to talk to you guys still. Don't mean this in a bad way. But what kept us together was high school, right? The confines of eight of eight ten to two forty five. That's what kept us together. Once that was gone and we graduated, right? Things that's where that's when people grow apart. Basketball is not going anywhere. COVID almost took it away from us, and it still couldn't do it. Like basketball is not going anywhere. So these friends are friends I'm gonna have for life because we're always gonna have that basketball to bring us back full circle. Uh, so that's kind of what. Well, I mean, that's the social aspect of it, and the networking aspect of it. But I I kind of met these people, Nima, Ananya, all these cool people. And we did division breakdown. So I would do my episodes Monday, Wednesday, Friday of the interviews. And on Tuesday, Atlantic division, boom, Chris would come on, Sixers, uh, Knicks, Nets, boom, Raptors, on and on and on. No one knows divisions. I, divisions are kind of like underrated in basketball. Everyone knows the football division. Basketball kind of gets swept under the rug. I kind of, I know them all now because of the show, um, which is kind of useless because no one cares about it. like division titles in basketball <laughs> mean nothing uh, for whatever reason. But that kind of went to seven days a week, kept on grinding out that content. And now we're at 264 with a waste with, with a, about a hundred to go out. It's kind of crazy. A hundred to go before 365. And that's where two-way comes in. And that's going to be kind of the next installment starting a little bit early. 
um, covering only, you know, strictly the G League. And media has been a huge part of this. Summer League, right, boosted it up. I got to meet all my guests in person for the first time, uh, do some live shows. It's been a wild journey. The last few months, like if you told me this last year, not even like maybe a year, 13 months ago, I bet there's no way I'm going to have all these episodes and all these guests and meet all these cool people. Um, I put myself out there and it just kind of happened. I mean, that's a, yeah, there's a lot to react to. A very quick, short question is, and this may be tough, who has been your favorite guest so far? That's a very tough question. I'm going to go. Um, with Albert Hall, episode 250. The reason being, I don't hurt any of my other guest feelings. Albert Hall obviously came on during Summer League. He was so, I mean, Summer League is intimidating. I'm not going to lie. It was a great experience, but right, it's tough yeah, to go up cool. to people. It's tough to go up to someone and, 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 and when you don't know them. Um, Albert, I'd never met before. He was, he's obviously in charge of a sports business classroom, which is, a cop, which is something I, I was a part of. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to some currently go up to him. And I had stopped. So what happens is this is a, more, a little more backstory. One of my other best friends, uh, Brennan, he runs a company called Hoop Swag, and he makes customized socks. So I actually have them. This is my drawer. I have them right under me. Socks with people's faces on them, right? This is what he makes. He pumps these out. If you guys want them for your show too, I can put you guys in touch with Brennan. He'll hook you guys up with like some. Uh, we may need. Custom- we may need some socks. <laughs> so- dude, socks, socks, socks change the world. I mean, just get some socks. Um, but basically, so I mean, I have other people's socks. I mean, I have a bunch of other shit too that I haven't given out yet. Um, but basically, what he would do is he'd make custom socks, people's faces on them. So I went up to Albert Hall. I had socks with his face on them. He loved them. And we're standing in front of the Summer League studio. And he goes, he goes, wait, is this Gen Z? Hoops like, what is this? I'm telling him all about it. I told him I was at, at sports business classroom. He goes, why don't you use the studio for your show? And I was like, yes, please. Like, thank, thank you. Um, so the next day he, I interviewed him on that studio, professional studio, camera switching back and forth. Like it was awesome. I'd never had that ex- experience in my life. I'd, I'd been in that studio for the last seven days for summer league, but not, you know, hosting a show, my own show with my logo in the back and all that cool stuff. It was awesome. Um, and so he was huge and he, he wants to, you know, really be, he's been a huge mentor to me. And, you know, it's been only a month since I've known him. And he, he's trying to incorporate me into Hall Pass Media and, and kind of really show me the ropes and, and grow my show that way and introduce me to people. And, and he's been so helpful. So he's he's got to take the cake at number one, you know, just in terms of recency bias and just being an awesome guy. Uh, but other guests that, you know, have been huge were Greg Buckner. He's an assistant coach in the, on the Cavaliers, played in the league for a few years. Um, with, with Greg, I mean, I had him on. I had a couple NBA assistants at that point. So the title wasn't any, it's not the title that makes these guests big time. Like the reason why I like Albert Hall or why he's my favorite episode ever is not because he's the co-founder of Summer League. That's true. That's a cool title for the video. It's because he's a great person because he's helping, you know, he's, he's really going out of his way to be a mentor to me. Uh, but Greg, right, um, came on the show. You know, we did our show, posted it. He was great. You know, I do a lot of these. So I'm not, you know, like obviously the biggest thing is following up and keeping in contact with people and making them a real relationship. But he posted on Instagram on June, June 7th, June 8th. I'm doing a camp June 11th. And I, I DM'd him and I said, hey, coach. Or I, I'm sorry, I texted him. I said, coach, I saw your Instagram post. Would love to help out if I can. And he said, John, fly down here. I'll take care of you once you get here. Just come on down. So that's exactly what I did. I flew, I flew down to Kentucky, right? Kentucky, I had never been to the deep south in my <laughs> life. I go to Kentucky. I get picked up from the airport by, by some stranger who you know, wasn't Greg or anything because uh, the camp was in Kentucky but I had to land in Nashville, Tennessee. And it was like an hour and a half drive. Um, Cause there's no like airport close wherever we were in Kentucky. It was a uh, Tennessee airport. So take the long drive up there. Great, you know, I get to the hotel, man. I mean that the first two days, right. A little awkward third day. I, I I'm the New York guy. I don't know. Like, right. All these chain, you know, sa- Southern chain restaurants. I don't know what's going on. I, I see Panera, the Panera, there's Panera bread nearby. It's like two miles away. So you know what? I'm going to Panera bread. Like, I'm not going to go anything close. I'm going to go to the thing I know. And I'm going to walk two miles in the, you know, at seven o'clock in the morning in the tall grass. I don't have a car, right? So that's what I did. So I woke up in the morning, I'm walking. And all of a sudden I hear a car blaring its horn, 
right? I turn around, he stops right next to me. It's Greg. And he goes, John, what the hell are you doing at seven o'clock in the morning, walking with a backpack? Cause I had my laptop and everything. I was ready to go and do some work. Camp starts at nine. I'll get some work done, go to camp. And I go, I'm going to Panera Bread. He goes, get your ass in the car. We're going to Chick-fil-A. So that's what we did. So I got in the car, I took me to Chick-fil-A. We had a bite to eat. We were, he asked, he asked, he asked, you know, went in depth on the show, told him all about it. And it's experiences like that. He could have easily just kept on driving. You know, I was the kid that came and helped out his camp. Like, right. He didn't have to have that real relationship with me, but he did. Um, and, and Greg's been on, I mean, right, whether it's summer league, whether it's, you know, when he, when the, when they come to town to play against the Knicks, he's been such a, a guy in life to me. He's uh, Greg's been awesome. And obviously meeting him in person was huge. And that was my, first, you know, Darius Garland came on the show f- f- from that camp. Like, and Greg, like, and it's because of Greg. It wasn't just because I asked Darius. Greg told Darius, go on that guy's show. Darius said, okay, yes, coach. And he went, turned around and came on my show. Uh, so that's kind of the person Greg is helping me out a, a lot. I've been to other camps and stuff. And not, no, not everyone is as helpful, right? Or, or as welcoming or as, right? I've been to camps where, right? I had to figure out a lot more on my own or where I've been to camps. Like this, this, this is like going back a month or two where I've gotten there and I've been kind of like, you know, just kind of left there with my, with my tripod stand doing my show, but like no one's really caring. Greg cared a lot. So that's why he's up there. And then Nick Lages, um, now the GM of the Mexico city Capitanas, he's been, I mean, just getting a text from him just makes my whole day. Like he with two way, he kind of immediately commented on my post saying, put me in coach. Cause he wants to come on. Like, and he's a busy guy. So get, hearing, you know, having that support from someone that's at that level, that's cool. That's personable that, you know, text about a random game and actually, you know, ask me my opinion on, Oh, what do you think of this team or this? Like, that's awesome. Um, and there's a couple of guests like that that have been really helpful in that regard. Um, and I'm, I'm just, I mean, there's so many more that I didn't mention. There's a, you know, I have all these playlists of, you know, teams and what, whatnot. Uh, but those are, you know, just three of the people out of the 300 that have really stuck out and being the guiding lights for me in the industry. what do you think of Chick-fil-A? I'm not a big chicken. So I, I'm kind of boring, uh, man. I'm not going to lie. I'm a very <laughs> basic dude. I, I wake up in the morning. I have my set routine of, right, like, I, I'm one of those guys. No coffee drink. in the morning. And he's not a Chick-fil-A guy. I don't drink soda. Yeah, like, team, I, no soda. team no soda. I, I never went to McDonald's as a kid. Like my, my first time having McDonald's was my senior year. The varsity team, like they carried me to McDonald's. Like all, all 11 dudes, like put me on their bag and be like, John, we're going to McDonald's and you're having a chicken or a McNugget. I was like, fine. I just don't, I'm just, I'm a very like, you know, health conscious, but also just like in general, like basic, you know, like what, whatever, like, let's just, let's just do like, right. Like it's pretty simple. If you, you would think from my room that I'm like a super messy guy. My room's actually very neat. Like even though my, 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 nah, my it, looks, wall, it looks neat. It looks neat. I know my, my walls, like you would think I have like tattoos everywhere. Like I'm just a super decorative guy. My floor is like spotless, but it's, you know, it's the wall. That's like a complete, like just everything. Everything's been measured. Like there's like that actually right there, this white thing right here is a note from Greg that he wrote me from the camp. Like that's stuff that I'm, I'm going to keep and put them in frames and stuff. Um, so like stuff like that, I'm, you know, I, t- I take a lot too. So like these frames are a lot's going on in there. There's my varsity letters. There's, there's kind of everything. Uh, but that's kind of what it's all about. It's like, I mean, I just wake up every morning. I see, like, I wake up every morning. And the first thing I think about is basketball. And that's all I could ask for. Okay. So the hustle obviously continues. Tell us, and it kind of sounds like, is, is Gen Z going to end after 365 no. episodes? No, 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 no. Okay. Oh, tell us no, about no. two way. Tell us Everyone's about two way. scared of that. And, and you know, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. Everyone's kind of scared of that because I kind of, you know, it means that people care. Uh, Cause I got a few texts like, no, no, Gen Z's not leaving. So big fellas kind of, that was season one. Gen Z was season two. Gen Z hoops. I love the name. Albert Hall loves it. Like I'm going to keep that going no matter what. I'm going to go back from every single, you know, every single day. I'm going to scale it back a little bit to try, I mean, especially MSG. Like, I don't know. I mean, these next October, November, December with MSG and seven days a week, because I'm getting to 365. That, there's no doubt. Like I'm getting to 365. So once I get that, then maybe I'll scale it back to three a week or you know, just the interviews and stuff. Um, but two ways kind of just like me doubling down the G League. That's my way of saying that 
I love the G League. I love what it's about. I love the people I've met there. WNBA is great. NBA is great. International leagues are great. College, the, the NCAA is great. The G League is absolutely amazing. And no, and people just don't give it credit for what it is. And Summer League really showed me that even more. Like they're, they're, everyone, all my G League guests were there. They were all super nice. It's just so, there's so much growth going on with, with it. I'm saying it's actually, maybe that should be, I have great grind in NBA G. Maybe it should be in great growth. No, I, I, I like grind. I like great and grind. But uh, that's kind of what it's all about. It's all about growing. And, and I just love, it's, it's, it's so exciting. The G League is just awesome. Okay, so what are your thoughts on Gen Z media consumption, specifically sports, like how you guys watch sports and what you think the future is going to look like? And and I don't know if you got to see the Manning brothers do, it was like Monday Night Football or Thursday. I love it when they do that. Yeah, right. So like, will that happen with the NBA? Should that happen with the NBA? Um, Because there's a, there's a, and I I, obviously I, I would like your opinion on it, but um, all the polls, all the surveys, all those things show that Gen Z doesn't necessarily have that affinity for sports like older generations do, right? And they don't necessarily have that like brand loyalty and they don't want to sit through a four-hour football game without maybe something else going on. So what, what do you think about just kind of what the future of sports consumption looks like? And then I guess if, if two NBA guys could call a game like the Manning brothers, who, who do you think? I love it. Okay, that last question I really can't wait to get to. And I'm going to be thinking about that for a while because there's a lot of good answers for that. Um, but in terms of just the, the way Gen Z consumes media, you're 100% right. I mean, right. I mean, I, I'm all about content and just right, multiple avenues. My show's available everywhere. It's available in multiple formats. Like that's kind of the way Gen Z likes their content. Um, watching a four-hour game, it's tough. I mean, even, even me, right? I love basketball. I mean, sometimes it comes down to time and like, you know, doing the show, it's tough to like watch a three-hour ba- regular season basketball game. Like I, I realized that at the end of last year. Um, and, you know, it's easier to watch the condensed 48 minute version. And that's obviously right. That's better. Like you just, you, you see more basketball in, in a short amount of time. Um, but at the same, like, that's kind of the way Gen Z is, is like everything's fast. Everything's, I mean, people point at instant gratification. I think it's just instant knowledge. That's what I, I think that's the bigger thing. My dad always, you know, instant, you know, you always want things handed to you. instant gratification. That's what your generation is all about. And that's kind of what, you know, a lot of critics say about Gen Z. I think it's all about just getting inf- as much information, as much content, as much knowledge now. Um, whether it's what, I mean, that's what it is with Twitter. That's what it is with Instagram. We just want everything at our fingertips immediately. Uh, cause we're going to act on it. I mean, that's, I, I would, I would hope, right. People are acting on that information and, and using it for good use. Some people, right. They're kind of fooling around and stuff and it's, it, it can become a waste of time. Uh, but for the most part, it's for good use. And that's what I think, uh, lends to, um, the true, right. I mean, using it for its fullest potential. Um, and like the Manning brothers, I love I mean, me as a football, as someone that loves football that enjoys watching, not nearly as much as basketball. There's a big gap between first and second, well, big gap between second and third, huge gap between first and second. I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, but I still love football and hearing them to break it down and hearing that, that, that strategy that maybe I know in basketball, but I don't know in football. That's awesome to me. So me, me, I personally, I watched last night, Monday night football, cause I wanted to learn more about the game and, and those, and those guys taught it to me in a pretty good way. Um, so that was awesome. Who would I pick from the NBA? It'd have to be like, I would want a, a, maybe a big, small duo. That's what I'm kind of, what I'm, I'm trying to think of who the guys are now. Big, small duo. They have to have a personality, but obviously have to know the game pretty well. Man, I'm thinking current player, past player. This is tough. You you asked a really good question there. The TNT crew is great. Like Shaq and Ernie, those guys are all great. But I would have to think about someone that's like straight analysis, cerebral. Man, I, I you, you guys help out. Can you guys get throw some names out? Maybe we'll put. It's hard, man. I, I I mean, the TNT like, crew is yeah. I mean, I don't know yeah, if the TNT yeah. crew is gonna give. Uh, lights that's out the thing. strategy. Like a, they're they're more saying. entertainment. I think we need a coach. Um, we need a coach with personality. 
Yeah, former coach would be good. I mean, like, look, I, I, was thinking, like, big, I small, think like like that, you know, that banter, like the banter, the Charles and Shaq banter is good banter. It's great Just banter. Something like that. Yeah, it needs to be. I don't think Jeff Van Gundy's the guy, but it needs to be a former coach. Maybe even Stan Van Gundy. He's hilarious on Twitter. Somebody like that that has been a coach knows yeah. when they call something a certain. They're gonna be like, all right, here's what's coming. Like almost like a Tony Romo, right? That's like exactly Romo right. knows the co- the play before it's even gonna happen. Um, and I think people just love that. Yeah, and you look at some of the basketball. I mean, I mean Kendrick Perkins. I think even just this past year has like taken off as a personality on ESPN. You guys that I think I, I think one you need some that. That's, I think it would be considered a good locker room guy, a good teammate that is at least respected by the players that can also comment on those things, but it also is a great basketball mind. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like I, I think what TNT has done though, probably the best in terms of any of the sports in terms of putting those guys together in the studio um, compared to anything else, but kind of wrap things up. I know a couple last questions. I think one, uh, something Paul and I went back with before the yesterday um nfts top shot is that anything you're involved in have you gotten in it's also i feel like kind of a gen z type thing as well um any involvement in nfts top shot anything like that nfts are awesome one of my good friends jack settlements like the king of nfts he's like he he has like lebron's uh i think he's a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of the card that he has it's lebron's like kobe signature dunk uh the kobe tribute dunk so that's like his card it's like serial number 23 I, what I love about NFT is not so much that I, you know, I, I, you know, I don't have the money really to invest in it big time, you know, being a college student and all that stuff. But the concept of place of, of that's such a Gen Z thing. It's placing value on something that doesn't exist in the real world. You know, it's not <laughs> tangible. That's that's so, and I, I, I love that. Right? And it's, I, I never got into cryptocurrency or anything like that. Big time when I was younger. Obviously, once I get older and I have money to play with, that'll be a little bit different. Hopefully, you know, the MSG checks start coming in. I, I, won't, I won't get too crazy with them, but they'll, they'll still they'll still be there for me to for me to use. Um, that's kind of. NFTs, there's a, there's a lot of possibility there. Jack's done a lot, he makes a lot of good content with them, and it's definitely something that I think could just ex, you can expand on it so much more. No, hundred percent. Paul, I think we're yeah. You want to? It's uh, yeah. If it ends, if it ends, we'll I'll send it's you another link. Right we'll um, gotcha. Best pizza in New York. I'm going to shout out a local uh, support your small businesses. Palermo restaurant, 21st Avenue in Astoria fire Sicilian Pete. Like it was, it's a great, it's great. I love that place. I go there. I mean, I'm there. I'm there twice a week. Almost. Ian's a Queens guy, area. man. Ian's lived in Queens this whole time. I was, I was um, Astoria, Long Island city, six and a half. Years. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm, I'm, was, I'm, I'm in Astoria. I'm right by St. John's prep in Astoria. Love it. Love oh, there it. you go. Um, John, this was awesome, man. Really appreciate it. Before we get out of here, where can everybody find you, follow you, the whole thing? Thank you. That's all. My personal Instagram is jdahart21. My best social media is LinkedIn. That's what I'm on all the time. And that's, I have five times as many followers on there as I do anywhere else. That's because I'm on it so much. I'm sending out all those connections. So LinkedIn is definitely the best. Gen Z Hoops is everywhere. At Gen Z Hoops. Two ways everywhere. At two way. T-W-O-W-A-Y. G-G-G. Great grind and NBA G. Awesome. John, love it, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. We're going to have you on again soon after you start your job and tell us what you're actually doing. <laughs> gotcha. Love it, man. Lately I've been feeling like this what I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss and tell me what you working for. Certain doors were closed, but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup. Pull slush rustles up next, and I got this. Crazy like Britney and the love so toxic. Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking 12 shots like where the cops is. Come on.